Hello and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so glad you're here. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. With each week, we will have exciting new guests to grow spiritually, develop personally, and learn how to step into our purpose authentically. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 30 minutes of connection with the mind, body, and spirit. Happy Thursday, goddesses. I am so grateful that you have joined us today on The Sweetest Little Life. And today we are talking with Violet, and she is one of my favorite humans. And I'm so excited to be able to finally have this conversation. It has been so long in the making and just divine timing and everything. Today's episode is one that is so powerful. Violet shares a very vulnerable personal story with us. And we talk about really acknowledging your gifts, stepping into your gifts, removing yourself from situations in which are dangerous or harming you or holding you back. And we give some tools and some tips that you're able to really start utilizing immediately within your life. I don't want to spoil the whole episode. So without further ado, Let's welcome Violet to the show. Violet, we meet at last. I'm so excited for today. Thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yes. Oh, it's way overdue. So I always kick off the show and just ask you to share how you stepped into your dharma. You can be long version, time-lapse version, whatever you feel called to share. Oh man, where do I begin? <laughs> um, well, I think it really truly all began when I was very young and I would experience spirit in full fruition, which my mother would oftentimes confirm with whom it is whom it was I was witnessing. And um, that continued up until around nine to ten years old. When I would still experience spirit and full flourishing, but I wouldn't enjoy the experience at all. It was kind of around the time that I started becoming more exposed to, you know, Hollywood depictions of spirit and, and ghosts and whatnot. And so when I would have these experiences, it would literally stop me in my tracks and put me in a state of paralysis, really, in such in such fear of the experience because that's oftentimes, as I'm sure you know, how our subconscious works when we're experiencing something of phenomenon that's not mm. quite through our five traditional senses, our mind kind of goes to this place of, oh, okay, I've witnessed this, whether we have really or we've just simply witnessed it from the movie, and then kind of creates this experience to be what we've already witnessed, right? Right. And so for many years, many, many years, up until my early 20s, I would experience spirit, I would experience energy and that intuitive heightened awareness, but I would really try to shut the door on it. I would try to disregard it in every way possible. And it wasn't something I enjoyed. It definitely wasn't something I wanted, but it just which I wouldn't quite leave, <laughs> could never get rid of it or shake it. Um, and it wasn't until my early 20s that my mother had passed away. 
and things started to come full circle. Um, when you talk about, you know, divine intervention or synchronicities, those started to really happen on a regular basis. And I started kind of leaning into them and tuning into, okay, well, where is this leading me? What does this mean? How is this correlated? Why is this happening? And it was from that point that things started to really come into my awareness, um, my greater awareness, if you will, um, which eventually led me to coming across Reiki, which is a huge piece of who I am today and what I um, do as a way of service for others. And even then, when I heard about Reiki, I was, I was fascinated by it, I was drawn to it, but I knew for some reason I needed to wait to learn Reiki with someone I really felt truly embodied Reiki. And I had been mm. offered several times, oh, I teach Reiki, like, I'd love to teach you, come, come to my class, come do this. And for some reason, it just never felt right. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be, years later, um, going to this Reiki yoga class around the corner from my house, um, taught by this woman named Dana Burns. And I started going to it, and I loved it. I just loved the class. I loved how I felt. I loved her energy. And so I was going to that life just got kind of carried away I just got busy and I didn't go for maybe two months and one morning I woke up and I said I have it was every Monday I said I have to go to a class tonight I absolutely have to go to class so I jumped on uh, mind body I think it's called and like got a a package of 10 and was like okay I'm committing back to this I gotta go so I go to that class last night and she starts the class informing everyone that this is the last class she was gonna be Oh no! Yeah, and I was like, "What? (laughs) No, this is not my plan." No, I was like, "I need you in my life. Where are you going?" So, after class, when everyone had had left, I went up to her and I I just was like, "Well, where are you going? Like, what's happening?" And and she was so gracious and so sweet. She just kind of told me that her path had been shifting and it was now time to begin another path. And I asked her, you know, how did you begin your Reiki path? Like, where did this all start for you? And she shared some details with me. And then she was like, you know, next month I'm actually hosting a, a degree one traditional Asui Reiki Shodan if you'd like to join. And I was like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, if I didn't need a neon sign if there was one. But yes, I will be at that class. And <laughs> so I signed up. I waited a month. And I went to the class. And it was crazy because there were supposed to be eight students in total. And I showed up about 10 minutes early just to get just that's how I am I like to show up early um and we waited and we waited and she was like okay I'm gonna give it like five more minutes because there's supposed to be other students here so we waited five more minutes and it ended up being only me in the class and so I ended up having this wonderful experience of having this private one-on-one with her and I'm I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I waited because she truly, really put so much energy and emphasis and intention in her course and really making sure that as a student, I had all this valuable knowledge, these tools, these teachings, these techniques to really be able to create a solid foundation in my own practice. And and in that, in witnessing and experiencing that, I really tried to replicate that same intention and emphasis and importance and structure in my teachings because I've realized how incredibly important it is. And Mm. so that was my beginning of my Reiki experience. And it just continued 
you know, progressing and opening doors and, and really starting to push me in this direction of not only learning more about myself and discovering myself and in so many ways, but really what I like to say, circling back to my origins and my truth and my beginnings of having these intuitive and psychic experiences, but in such a new perspective, because it was really through so much of my healing and my, you know, my formal education that I really learned to work with spirit and energy from such a higher perspective and yeah. a perspective of, of truth. And that allowed me that space to come back around and embrace it in a way that I felt comfortable and supported. Mm. And then it just progressed from there. And now I, <laughs> I do Reiki. I teach Reiki. I love to teach Reiki. I, I do psychic medium work, um, spirit channeling work. I teach these modalities as well. And I love it. I love what I get to do. And I think when people are able to step into their soul calling, because I was always fascinated with this stuff. I just harbored a lot of fear around it for most of my life. Um, when I was able to really step into it and embody it in, in such a way of, of truth and, and acceptance and surrender, I literally get to do what my soul calling is and, and live my life. Right. (laughs) And I think that's a really common denominator too, is the fear around what will people think? What will, is this real? Is it, you know, there's so much fear based around it. I, I personally experienced that too. So I feel that on such a deep level because it's a, it's a weird transition to make to like surrender and trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of this too, it was interesting because it felt maybe about, six years ago because at the beginning of this journey I also was um, a hairstylist professional hairstylist and like a master last um, technician (laughs) for about eight years and I was like in the beauty world and I remember at some point like my conversations with my clients just switched and I could begin like talking about these deeper discussions Mm. and it wasn't weird you know yeah no one like looked at me or had even that kind of like wavering voice when we would discuss these things. And it just made me feel so much more accepted too. Absolutely. And I want to touch on a couple things too, because you said something that like just totally rang a bell for me. So you said that your mother confirmed spirit. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Like when you were younger before Hollywood and that image of spirit like, what was the difference between, like, what you experienced that your mom confirmed and how did she confirm it? And then what was the difference when you felt that shift? Like, what did Hollywood portray to you? Because I know everyone's so different in what their belief system. Yeah. 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 So um, what would happen is I would literally be minding my own business. I was, I was an only child, so I had no problem. And I'm a Virgo, so I had no problem playing by myself and entertaining myself. And at like different various times, I would like look over and then there would be this person. Oh. And, and I would recognize, like I would feel their presence. I would, I would see them with my eyes, um, with my third eye really. Um, but I could see them like in full fruition. And, and I would tell my mom, hi, mom, I just, I saw this person. This is what they look like. And 
either that day or a couple of days later, she would say, you know, the, the person you told me about the other day, that was so-and-so and they just passed or they passed a week ago. And I'd be like, okay, like moving on, like most children do. <laughs> and, you know, as a child, we are not only so much closer to the other side yes. and in our wholeness, um, intuitively, psychically, spiritually, um, we haven't really cultivated really that, that barrier, as I like to call it, around our third eye where we kind of lose that perception. So when I talk about working with spirit now, I'm not looking at, you know, a woman sitting on the chair across from me mm-hmm. having a conversation. When we work with spirit, oftentimes it's, it's through conveyance. Yes. I see them in my mind's eye. I can feel them. I can feel their physical body, their emotional body, their mental body in order to convey to me what I need to convey to the sitter. It's very different dynamic. I love that. Yeah, I always am curious, like how you get because at some point you always get that confirmation. So mm-hmm. funny, my ear just started ringing. Um, so you always get that confirmation from someone that's really important in your life. So for you, it was your mother. So it's really interesting to me, like as we get older and we get exposed to more of the world and, you know, this plane of things, mm-hmm. how, how distorted what our gifts become and we, we get told they're not real. Or I just had a guest a few weeks ago who got diagnosed with schizophrenia at like a super young oh, wow. age because she, she was talking to spirits mm-hmm. and she's actually really gifted and since then is off the meds and stuff, but mm-hmm. they like just threw drugs at her. They're like, Oh, she's schizophrenic at like 12 years old. Absolutely. It's I, you crazy. know, I've thought about this before in the past too, like how many people were shunned or yes. completely dampened because they didn't have, you know, proper adequate support systems around them. Exactly. Or it was, you know, different and scary and someone didn't understand it. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, let's make it go away. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that's great. I will never forget. I was like um, maybe 11. I was riding my bike, tootling along in Seattle, and um, we lived on this road. I would just ride up and down. It was, like, not crowded or anything. Well, I had fallen in the middle of the road of my bike, and my foot got stuck in the chain. Oh, no. And out of nowhere, this older woman and this younger girl, like, I swear to you, just appeared out of nowhere by these trees, walked towards me, and they had, like, all these, not tools, but, like, ropes and lassos and all these things. It was really weird. And they were like a mother-daughter, but they unhooked my foot right before a car were to come and hit me. And then they said, go home. And then I went to turn around and thank them, and they were gone. So I ran inside, and I'm like, I lived, time I lived with my grandmother and my father, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this just happened. I think I saw angels. And that's what I had called them was angels. And I was uh-huh. like, I, I don't know what just happened. And they're like, oh, yeah, you probably did. We do it all the time. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like moving on. But you when you when you're confirmed that it's not like, oh, you didn't see that or that didn't happen. I feel that you get a different experience. I mean, we obviously all have our own paths, but we get this different experience versus it being like you said, shunned at such a young age. Absolutely. And, you know, to your uh, um, explanation, too. So you were raised with your mom or your father and your grandmother? Yes. And I was raised with my mother and my grandmother. Oh, my gosh. We have so many synchronicities. And I used to do hair and lashes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that yeah, was my job before. You know, and 
And my grandmother, my grandma's very sensitive. My mom was very sensitive too. And they came from an era of time. And I talked about this on my live last week with my grandmother that, you know, it wasn't really something you could openly discuss. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something you wanted attention drawn to you about. And I'm grateful that I had my mother and my grandmother that were aware of it. They were aware of my sensitivities and what was happening. So they could hold space for it, but they just weren't able to nurture it. They weren't able to assist me in developing it. And that's why I think I strayed a little bit because I couldn't, I didn't have that support and I didn't know where to go to get it until I was older. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, TV, every, I mean, spirit is made to be something so scary and Mm -hmm. so dark. And especially, you know, I was raised very religious too. So there was that whole fire and brimstone aspect that Mm -hmm. gets brought on, um, so when your mom passed away and you said oh, that's when all your synchronicities and stuff started to really come through into full fruition, like full circle, mm-hmm. what were things that like she would do to let you know, like, how did you know, like, okay, this is a sign from my mom. Like, what could we give the audience to know how to start looking for these synchronicities in their lives? Cause they're all around us all the time. We oh, yeah. miss oh, it. Yeah. We're not looking for it. Um, Man, there's so many too. And I know everyone will experience spirit kind of in their own way. Um, I think the biggest awareness I had was I could just feel her presence. Mm-hmm. I could feel her presence and like funny things. My mother was a joker. Everyone on my mom's side like are always joking and playing jokes on each other. And there would just be like funny things that would happen. And I'm trying to think of examples <laughs> off the top of my head but there would be funny things that would happen and everyone in my on the side of the family would always be like oh your mother <laughs> your mother's here <laughs> your mother's fucking with us right now mind you <laughs> everyone from my mom's side is from back east they're from boston so okay when they say she's fucking with us she's <laughs> doing x o and z it's because everyone in boston uses the f word sorry i don't know if i'm allowed to use that on the podcast you can, you can use the <laughs> f word yes <laughs> And pennies, pennies are always a big thing too. My mother used to always say like, if you find a lucky penny, put it in your shoe. And I would always find these pennies in like these little, like random spaces, not just walking down the street, but it's like a penny would fall out of, you know, a cupboard. Or like I would find a penny in a place that I had already vacuumed. Little things like that. And that, and she would obviously visit me in my dreams um I think dreams are the most I'll touch on this just because I feel like dreams are the place that most people who have lost expect to see their loved ones and I think they get distraught when their loved ones don't visit them in their dreams Um, like why are they visiting me why haven't they visited me and I think it's something to understand that spirit you know they're still mind of their own and they'll come to visit you when they feel they need to or they want to um, and when we can let go of that control of, of loss, um, of that loved one and let them come in when, when they're ready or when they want to, it, it lets go of a lot of that, um, what's the word I want to use? Frustration, maybe? Yeah. Of expectancy. Ex- expectation, yeah. Expectation. Um, and then it can be so much more lovely and so much more powerful and empowering when you do have those, you know paranormal experiences absolutely experiences yeah yeah and I think it's it really helped me to to remember that when we pass our like spirit soul that we're on a very different timeline like they're not on a linear timeline like we are we are on such a time for them you know it's not it's not like that it's 
so I think when you can think in a more circular versus linear way when mm-hmm. it comes to that and that there's so much happening when we first crossed, you know, it, and just allowing that patience and grace to know that they're there, but yes, absolutely. in their own way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for me, I like when my grandmother passed, she was like my rock and my world and I was 12 and my whole life was flipped, turned upside down when she died. Mm-hmm. And um, when I, when I had my, um, suicide attempt, uh, years ago and was just at my personal rock bottom when everything shifted for me and I had my awakening for me, it wasn't that she came to me in a dream or anything. She actually came like, like, like she wore this perfume pa- passion. Oh my God. It's God awful smell. I talk about it all the time. It's horrible. And it's like so distinctive though. Like you can yeah. smell it from five miles away and this passion smell just blew up the room and she was like you're not done like stop and I was like whoa what just happened like and there was no questioning it there was no like there's no way and I was like smelling my shirt I was like okay where's the smell coming from I'm smelling (laughs) the sheets I'm like where you know so I think like when we get those really powerful moments instead of like shying away from them or thinking like oh this can't be happening like to really trust like no it does happen (laughs) it happens every day Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I feel like I'm sharing this with you because it, it's something that's coming up to, um, you know, losing a parent is one of the most challenging things I think someone will go through, a parent and a child. Um, and I, when I lost my mom, I had just moved to California to continue this relationship with an individual and begin my schooling. And I left at the time I was living in, or prior to that, I was living in Alaska so I literally uprooted myself, moved across country, beginning this totally new chapter in an environment I'm not familiar with. I lost my mother, and I happened to be in a really toxic relationship with a narcissist. Um, and it was very, very challenging for me because, as I'm sure you know, narcissists and sociopaths pry on weaknesses, right? Yes. And I just remember feeling so incredibly crippled through the experience and also I'm like battling my awareness and my intuition in situations that are happening that I know the answer I know what's right and wrong but I just am being so badgered with like questioning it Mm. by this person and I remember one of the most like it was also a, a abusive relationship in various ways as well and I remember at one point I had a dream about my mother and she came in to me and she said you need to run. And then, and I remember waking up and weird, like, what the fuck does that mean? And I wake up the next day and it was a huge, impactful day in my life where um, this person lost their shit and started becoming, it put me in a situation that I was like fearing for my life. Let me put it that way. And I remember just hearing my mom's voice, run, you need to run. And I literally, this level of calmness that I've never experienced before in my life came over me. I grabbed in my suitcase. I put my, like the bare minimum things I could just grab carefully. And as soon as I was about to walk out the door, this person like came storming down the door and I don't want to know what would have happened if I hadn't left in that moment, but I'm so glad I had listened to that. Oh my gosh. I have chills all over. And it really, that was like when things, my 
acceptance of saying, okay, there's a reason I'm having these dreams or there's a reason I'm having these experiences and I need to start listening to them and I need to start listening to them now. And so how long before you heard the run and you actually did it, did it take like, like, when did she first come to you? Was it like a week, a month? No, it was like that night, the night before. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it was like a boom, boom thing. Yes. Oh my gosh. So you were in a situation that you could have not been here with us today. I mean, I don't want to say that. <laughs> right. Well, but no one ever I could does. have, <laughs> I could have had my world rocked very yeah. easily in that yeah. situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that was really also like part of the, the rock bottom I was hitting where I was not only having my spiritual awakening, I was having an awakening in every aspect of my life because really being turned upside down. Yeah. Gosh. And your mom was there to guide you every step of the way through that. Mm-hmm. Something I like to so tell amazing. my clients oftentimes too is like, you know, just because someone, and my mother struggled with alcoholism her whole life. Um, mm-hmm. She really, she was an amazing mother, but she wasn't always available. Right. And, you know, when we have family members that aren't able to be available to us in the way that we need them to be in this lifetime, I think they make a, a very strong effort to do so on the other side once they've processed yeah. that lifetime. And they're able to be. You know, when I had my, when I was pregnant with my son, I think a new wave of mourning and grief kind of sprung on me with the passing of my mom because I wanted so badly for her to be there um, through the experience. And I remember I had um, a meditation about it one day and she came through and, and she like blatantly reminded me that she might not have been able to be available to me in the way that I needed her through this process but she was absolutely able to be and making sure to be available in spirit to my son before he entered into this world and to be there in spirit through the birthing process and even after and it was the confirmation that I really needed to be okay with the fact that my mom couldn't be here through this whole experience could you feel her when you were having your son? Like, could you feel her presence with you? I would like to say yes, but it was that whole, I don't, I'm sure you can attest to this too. Like birth, you remember it, but it's also like this very, it's pretty blurry, bizarre experience. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, what even happened? Yes. And I had a home birth and my, my mid or my doula kept saying, cause I did a water birth. She was like, you know, it's so crazy. Cause you go through a cr- contraction and then all of a sudden it's like, you almost leave your body. Like you're just like floating there in your arms, like come up to the surface of the water and you're just like there. And I'm like, did I do that? I was like in and out of dreams too, <laughs> like through my During. birthing process. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. I wanted to do a water birth so bad and my body just would not dilate with babies. So I'd have oh. C-sections, but ugh. Well, there's a reason your child chose you. Yes. And that was part of the birth experience that you both agreed to have together. Yes little kabam fireworks <laughs> so I love to leave the audience um and thank you for sharing that vulnerability because that was just amazing so, and it Absolutely. just led me to this which I feel is so needed right now so the word narcissist is thrown around very very often in you know today's world 
and dealing with a narcissist like I have one parent who's a narcissist like a real deal narcissist and it, it's it's a different different experience when you're really dealing with the the mental aspect of that and the mm-hmm. behavior mm-hmm. um if the audience is out there because the the I'm trying to carefully put this, the amount of people that are in a narcissistic relationship, whether that be a parent, a sexual relationship, a friendship, Mm -hmm. but it is so high. It's unreal. And so if someone is in that and in the fear aspect of it, of being content or not knowing where to go, or like you, when you're, you're trapped, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that's a common denominator, like narcissists will make you trapped in an area where you need them for that God savior complex. Oh yeah. And Mm -hmm. so being able to one, identify like, okay, wow, this is what I'm in. The reality check, I think is the first step, but what are some ways that you would recommend that people can begin to really cut off these relationships and set boundaries. Um, oh man. I know that is really deep and on the spot, but <laughs> I was like, I gotta do it. I think when you feel there is something wrong in a relationship, listen to your gut, especially if you have children. Um, I think finding someone, if you can, I know it's really difficult when you're in a relationship like that, but someone you can connect with and trust that can hold space for you can be really, really beneficial. Um, you know, I think it statistically, it takes an, on average, a woman to leave an abusive relationship seven times, like they, before they actually make that commitment to leave. Um, and they don't talk about this in school. They don't like teach women this or Although anyone. Absolutely. But um, listen to your gut. And I think, especially in regards to people who may be listening to this podcast, when you're an empath and you're in a relationship like that, it is going to make you question intuition like it doesn't even exist. Yeah. And I think really working on healing the self and working on the the solar plexus, working on the whole energetic emotional body, but the solar plexus especially Mm. can be very beneficial. And something that fell into my lap, I don't remember how I got my hands on this book, but it was really helpful in me processing because it's really hard. And my individual was not only a narcissist, but for sure a narcissist sociopath, Like, like narcissist, but then also like in a really cruel sick way yeah um there's a book called psychopath free by jackson mckenzie and that book was so profound in my processing and healing because it started to break down the way a narcissist and a sociopath think and when Mm. you're in a relationship like that and someone says i love you but they do really messed up stuff and you're sitting there questioning well that person says they love me I think they love me but why do they behave like this it helps you understand that because a narcissist and a sociopath do not love the same way an empath or sensitive person loves yes I think too what what really was helpful and I love that you brought up the the chakra systems was you know when we're dealing within the sacral too because we have so much energy transfer happening when we're in uh, and this is i'm talking about like a partnership 
Um, I was, I just did this with a, one of my clients this morning and it's one of my favorite womb healing exercises. Um, and it seems so simple and so silly when you're, but when you do it, the release that you get is profound. Um, and I personally used to do this and I haven't thought about it. It's funny. It came up twice today, but, um, one of the things is you sit for 20 minutes and you close your eyes and you create a space of, you know, just meditation, clearing out, you place your hands over your sacral mm-hmm. and, um, you think about something that makes you happy. So maybe it's an affirmation, maybe it's an experience, a thought, whatever works. And then after you have that happy feeling within you, you drop down into what is triggering you, what is hurting you, what the pain is. And then you scream, holding your sacral, pushing all the air out, but you scream at the top of your lungs and you release that energy from your sacral. And you do this for about five or six times. And then you come back after you're done and releasing. A lot of times tears are involved Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. But when you're done, you come back to whatever that happy thought was that you had in the beginning. And you sit with that happy thought and then you're done with the exercise. But you do this every day for like a week straight. And the amount of clearing and cleansing that it does to this area is, is just amazing. It's seriously such a miracle worker. But something so simplistic can make such a huge difference. Totally. And I think sometimes, you know, we have the mind, the body, and the soul. And our mind obviously associated with our mental body, our physical body, our emotional body, our energetic body. And then we have the mind. And the mind is a mind of its own in so many ways. Yes. <laughs> and it's really important, and the, the soul as well, it's really important to understand that they all must work in synchronicity. And so if you're only doing energy work, but you're not avidly and actively trying to reprogram your mind at the same time it's really hard to get them both on the same page and make those shifts that you are seeking and when you that exercise you talked about we're like getting our brain on board in the experience we're allowing it to be a part and rewire itself in that experience so that that exercise you just talked about i know would be extremely profound in that healing process um, I'm all about just simplistic things that we can like just take away and start implementing yeah. right away because I don't, you never know. It's like, what is it? One in one in four people are in a relationship in some sort of, whether it's emotional abuse, verbal, whatever, in some sort of abusive relationship um, or toxic. And it's just the numbers are especially now. I mean, yeah, we're coming out. We're in such a crazy time that. Mm-hmm. People are really having these experiences and having to walk through these extreme trials. So having totally. a simple something to do at home, you know, within your room when no one's home is is helpful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, we're already at time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. See, I could talk to you bite. <laughs> we'll I know. this again or just have a chit-chat sometime. Seriously, I love you to pieces. Gosh. <laughs> so, Okay. Please tell the audience where they can connect with you, where they can find you, anything that you have going on, any projects that you want to fill us in on, all the goods. Yeah. So you can find me on both Instagram and I'm trying to get on board with TikTok. Um, So fun. (laughs) At Wild Violet Oracle. My website is wildvioletoracle.com and I also have a 
online academy, an international online academy that I teach Reiki as well as other metaphysical developments. Um, and you can find that through either my website or either one of those platforms. Um, I just released my traditional Asui Reiki Mastery Teachings course. So that's something I'm very excited about and really stoked to start being of service to students and supporting them on their development and continued Reiki journeys. Um, and yeah, I'm just, you know, it's interesting too. I, I hold space through all these sessions, but this year I'm really being asked to step up in, in teaching mm -hmm. and really holding space in assisting others in their path through teaching education and wisdom because that saying you can give a man a fish or you can teach a man to fish and he can feed himself forever I think is so profound going into this year with all these different dynamics um, and shifts that we're having and very strange times that we're ha having and so I really hope to be of service and really step into that space of, of holding space for students and others that are ready to take on their own healing journeys and call their power back and, and take responsibility for their energy and their healing journeys. Mm, that's amazing. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> it's needed. <laughs> yeah, it's needed. It's, yeah, right now, I, th I think, you know, it, it's funny because we're in such a funky time, but I think we're also in this like really beautiful time when people are really stepping in to their gifts and remembering their soul's purpose. And I think Absolutely. that is just so badass. Absolutely. You know, I, I just have to add to this too, because I, like I said, I'm trying to get on board with TikTok and I've been watching all these younger people that are really stepping into their intuitive spaces. And I was just thinking, man, I love that these younger generations aren't being held back by so many of these like stereotypes or, you know, these, these resistance that, you know, the older generations held around yes. their gifts. And that's what our world needs is people stepping into their power unapologetically, obviously with ethically, morally, and professionally um, with standards, <laughs> but those stepping, side notes, you know, <laughs> stepping into it unapologetically and, and feeling that calling to be of service in the truest, most authentic way. Um. It's amazing. Ah! <laughs> so much goodness. Okay, I know you have to go be with your baby. Thank you so much for your time today, Violet. I am so excited that we finally made this happen. Thank uh, you. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Likewise. And I'm seriously, I'm just a phone call away if you ever need to chit-chat. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Same to you. <laughs> All right. Have a good right. rest of your day. You too. Bye. I have some exciting news. Within is finally in stores. You can buy it anywhere that books are available, but right now it is on sale on Amazon for $21.99 paperback or $39.99 hardback. Within is my heart, my soul. I have poured so much love into this, so much vulnerability into this, and this is my personal story told for the first time ever. What Within is based on is Carl Jung's uh, Divine Feminine Archetypes and how we can embody and connect to each and every one in a very sacred and personal way with healing modalities for you to try and experiment with and try on what fits and what doesn't work. There's journal entries in there, there's shadow work, there's connecting to each and every archetype within Divine Feminine Energy and how to truly start showing up as your highest self. 
If this sounds like something which you have been longing for or something that just resonates with you, I highly suggest you grab a copy. Again, the book is Within by Courtney Hansen, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-H-A-N-S-O-N. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a takeaway or something from the conversation that really just resonated within your heart center, I would love to hear about it. Please leave it in the comment section so we can give you more of this content. As always, please subscribe, save, and sharing is caring. We love you to pieces. Have a beautiful and blessed day.